Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Rare Birds podcast. And this is, and once again, I'm joined by the lovely Heather Lee, who's going to be leading on the conversation with our guests this evening. So, Heather, welcome. Um, thank you, Joanne. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here as always. And today I'm re- uh, very excited to introduce a friend of mine, Naisha, from Zimbabwe. Uh, it's kind of interesting that we've been able to, like, keep this e-commerce theme uh, during the last few episodes of the podcast. So I'm definitely interested to hear more about what Naisha has to offer, has to offer about, uh, yeah, through his company, uh, Flexi Africa. So I'll pass the mic to Naisha. So can you introduce yourself more and tell us more about your startup? Um, hello. Um, I'm very, very privileged to be part of this podcast. Um, and um, yes, we have had a, a, a long-term friendship with Lisa. Um, so I'm Yashanguo. Uh, I'm from Zimbabwe. Um, I'm in the capital city, Harare. And um, I had um, I started a, an e-commerce uh, platform um, back in 2018. Um, I started with two of my um, co-founders. Um, it was based on the need uh, we saw that um, Africa or actually our country needed to adopt um, e-commerce because we saw that the global trend, you know, people are buying online, um, it's more convenient and um, it makes life just easier. And we also saw that we had really good African authentic products that we can offer to the world and the only way that the world can see is through a platform like an e-commerce platform. So we first saw three major problems before we even started the platform um, that really um, were really uh, predominant in Africa. So we saw that there was not uh, an integrated platform, one integrated platform where you can find anything you would want um, in Africa. Um, and um, we saw that delivery was still a problem because we still have some areas that um, do not have names. So we needed to find a way around that, and then we needed to find a way to just have um, a payment gateway that's safe, that everyone um, will be uh, you know, acquainted with. So we were actually able to figure all of those things out, and then that's when we traded with Africa. Um, and launched it in uh, December of 2018. And yeah, and today we don't have a centralized place for African products. And um, yeah, so how were you able to, uh, like, are you mostly just work with merchants in Zimbabwe now? Or how do you plan on integrating more merchants from all over Africa onto your platform? So we, we, we started off here in Zimbabwe, and then we actually now um, are starting off in Tanzania um, to, to really um, start off with the merchants from there. And uh, so we, we, we are planning to go into all 54 countries in Africa. So we, we're just moving from one country to the other, and we'll be working with the locals from those specific countries that we're targeting. Um, So why we chose Tanzania is because um, it has a really, really um, 
good internet um, penetration. Uh, they have about 30 million um, internet users and they have cheaper data and they're second in Africa in terms of, of data um, um, pricing. So we saw that it, it, it was going to be a good move because, you know, in terms of Zimbabwe, we had a smaller population. So we, we headed off to there and we're going to be going from there. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, definitely like the infrastructure. Um, yeah, you have to find, identify markets with good infrastructure to support uh, a platform like yours. So looks like you guys have made progress. Um, so your customer base is not limited to people uh, of African countries, but also around the world. Um, so how do you, like you said that you're working on the solving the payment solution. Uh, so how exactly were you guys able to, um, like, yeah, to have everyone pay on your platform? Okay, so we, we, we had to find a, a reputable um, payment gateway. Um, so we partnered with um, uh, the, 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 the Pan-African Payment Gateway um, called Direct Pay Online. So they have um, all the payment platforms integrated there, Visa, PayPal, MasterCard, Medicine Express, um, even some local African um, payment gateways like M-Pesa and all of that. And most um, platforms in Africa actually use that pay. So we engaged them and they integrated their, 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 their software on the platform. And that's how we have um, you know, sorted that issue out. Uh, okay, cool. So can people from outside of Africa also access through the Pan-African network? Yeah, yeah, they, they, they can because um, all of those um, payment gateways that they've made are, are international. You know, you use a card, your MasterCard. And, and, and that was the only way that um, you could secure a safe payment on, on, the, on the platform. And, and, and the products in Africa actually made to be bought by people out of Africa and it's more like an export platform um, that, that we created. So that's the scenario. Um, people within Africa can buy as well. People outside of Africa can actually buy as well. Okay, cool. That's awesome. So how about warehousing and uh, delivery, shipping? How, how are those? How were you able to find solutions for these uh, these problems. Okay, so with, with, with shipping now, um, we, we we partnered up with with um, you know the one of the, the, the most reputable companies um, in terms of logistics and delivery, um, which is DHL, um, and um, I have a few as well. You know your FedEx, UPS. So what they do is that we what we did. In fact, is that we we made sure that all of the merchants that um, put in their products there and they want to sell, um, and if any product is being selected or added onto cart, um, we give the customer uh, uh, a choice to choose which delivery um, company they want to use because all of them have different pricing models. So when someone checks out, they choose which delivery. Um, or shipping company they want to use. And each of those shipping companies will have a tracking number of 
whatever product has been bought, and the customer, the merchant can track whatever has been bought until it reaches the uh, the final customer. And with um, with with uh, with warehousing, um, we actually uh, have a, a way that right now, um, if anything is bought, um, the merchant is the one that has the stuff that they're selling. We don't have um, a, a central place or a warehouse yet uh, where we can stock things there and in some proof what is taken from there. Uh, okay, cool. So I was really curious about uh, how you guys were able to handle the deliveries and warehousing because I think that's one of like the biggest uh, challenges for cross-border e-commerce platforms. So how, how were you guys able to handle handle this? Okay, so we, on the delivery part, uh, we, we, we integrated with um, shipping companies, you know, like the DHL, UPS, FedEx, so that um, when, uh, when a customer um, has added whatever they're buying to cart and they're checking out, um, they have a delivery option of which um, shipping company they want to use um, because they vary in prices and they vary in the time of delivery. So we, in terms of delivery, that's how we have um, um, tackled that issue. And in terms of warehousing, um, here in Zimbabwe, we um, just uh, made those merchants to, uh, to keep what they sell, and the delivering companies are the ones that come and pick up um, whatever is being bought from them. And then um, the model now in Tanzania is going to be a little bit different we were now looking into warehousing because it's a larger population and there's more merchants. So we're, we are now working on the warehousing part uh, where we are setting up in, in, in Tanzania at the moment. Yeah, good to hear about the progress you guys have made. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a really good idea that you guys were uh, kind of helping African products to go more abroad because it's like always one of things that people talk about is like the trade imbalance. Um, so um, like what vision do you have for like more people around the world to start um, buying African products, African goods? Uh, like do you have a vision or how do you think Africa could present itself as like a provider instead of um, importer? Well, um, uh, as, 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 as traffic will be, you know, generated while well, people visiting, um, you know, the platform and buying various things, um, I'm sure uh, with the data that we generated from there, um, we are able to also convince um, our government that um, this um, is an opportunity um, to actually now do more of export and look into different markets because um, they can now see um, what products are being, um, you know, purchased from different locations. So it kind of gives, you know, a specification in terms of, you know, what product is needed where or an interest that can grow in, in different markets outside Africa. And and that, that, that would be the, the key thing that would, uh, convince you know our big decision makers in, in you know in, in, in our continent. 
Yeah, I really like this approach of using technology to,、uh, to kind of convince the government to try things that they might have not、uh, been able to try before, and to take a different approach in making policies.、Uh, so that's really cool.、Um, yeah. So like maybe share share with us more about your own entrepreneurial journey,、um, like how you were able to find your your teammates. Uh, in starting, how did you guys came up with this idea together and started pursuing your entrepreneurial journey? What are some of the challenges、uh, in your journey, or how have you been able to overcome some of the the, the challenges as young entrepreneurs? Okay, so you know from 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 all. From our background,、um, you know, being、um, people that really、uh, major on on education,、um, we 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 grow up,、uh, you know, going to school and、um, we 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 get our degrees, get our programs, and what we look forward to is getting a job. And when that doesn't happen, then that causes you know a lot of you know a lot of idle time, you know, while you're waiting. You know, to get that、um, employment, so、um, I was in that kind of、um, space as well when I just completed、um, what I had、um, learned because I have a marketing background and、um, an IT background as well. So I was just、um, attending one conference,、um, one conference that was hosted by a local bank. Um, and, uh, and, the, and, the, and the government entity, and they were saying they want to encourage business to go online and everything. So while I was out there,、um, I I was listening to every speaker, and、um, there's a gentleman from DHL、um, who was there as well, and he started speaking about e-commerce and how the world has really shifted, you know, to to buying and selling online. So that's when the light bulb moment actually came. And I was like, okay, how does this thing work?、Um, okay, I was asking myself anyway. So after the event,、um, I just met up with this、um, gentleman from DHL, and I asked him a few questions. And I was like, so how can I assist the people that have come in this conference、um, to put their businesses online and actually、um, uh, sell online?、Um, and then、uh, what then came out. They like okay. Why can't I create one big platform that everyone is there and they sell everything that they have, and I I I open them to to a global market. So that's how the idea started. And、um, I my two friends they were in Australia at the moment at at that time,、um, and so I went home and I shared with them and I said, guys, how do you think about this、uh, idea of you know having Different African products on one platform, and、um, you know, export those、uh, products to the overseas market. And then they said, "Oh yeah, I think that's a good idea. Why can't we just start on it?" So we did not have any knowledge on e-commerce whatsoever. So we were actually doing some research while we were creating the platform.、Um, so we. We obviously did not know the regulations within our country in terms of e-commerce because there was none.
actually. Um, they're actually now starting to, to formulate something right now. So we, we, we did not know if we would do something that's um, out of bounds or not. So we, we were now just um, asking you know, different people, for example, the shipping companies, um, some people in the Ministry of um, Commerce, uh, you know, on, on things like uh, this e-commerce platform, but we were kind of hesitant because we didn't want our idea to be stolen away if we were going and asking everyone what, um, about what we want to do. So we, we, we created the platform and um, we, we had a little bit of challenges um, in terms of, you know, how um, our, our, our monetary um, system would work in terms of when we receive money into the country. Um, there was no, there was, they, 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 I was constantly asked questions, you know, where my money is coming from and what kind of, you know, business we are into. Uh, because, you know, uh, when it comes to e-commerce, um, when there's a bit of traffic, there's they, 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 they a lot of so the third maybe was doing money laundering or anything, so I really had to explain, um, you know, I really had to sign something for a reserve bank here, you know, to show that we're doing e-commerce and explain what e-commerce was. So there was a time that we kind of had to be going around educating people on e-commerce um, so that they can adapt to it. And uh, people were used to having people coming to their shops, you know, walking their shops and buying stuff. So, and also they did not trust, you know, something that's online. They thought, oh, maybe our money will be stolen or anything like that. So there had to be a lot of convincing um, to, to people, you know, understand what, what e-commerce is and what the platform can do. And, um, and then, then, yeah, we, our, our, our major breakthrough was when we made the launch and invited different companies and uh, business owners and entrepreneurs and when we and and the way we launched it it was much a discussion that you know we were asked questions by our MC and we those questions would relate to every question that everyone is asking so that they could really adapt to it and 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 and, and that, uh, accept it so it has not been it has not been that easy because it's time that we thought, you know, I think we're wasting our time. Um, uh, this thing will not really work, um, you know. And then, well, we got a lot of encouragement, you know, when we started meeting different people from around the world, uh, mainly through LinkedIn, and, you know, and they'd be telling us that, you know, it's a good platform and um, it, 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 it's really needful. And then when we started seeing people actually getting on the platform as well, um, that gave us some encouragement. Um, I had to leave the job that I had um, to be full-time in this because it was taking too much of my time. So it was kind of a leap of faith as well. Um, so that has been um, the general. And actually, it became quite popular now in the country. You know, from, from being a nobody, now people, you know, they're calling me to different conferences and just talking about e-commerce and... So it, 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 it has its advantages now. You know, the fruits are actually coming out now. Um, and this podcast as well is one of the fruits. So, so the journey has been, has been beta and sweet at the same time.
Um, yeah, cool. It's very inspiring. Yeah, so it's kind of like it's very rare for me to hear about the ecosystem in Zimbabwe. Um, I have. Uh, I, I have some friends who are like doing some conferences about business and technology in Zimbabwe. But usually, like when you hear about tech centers in Africa, it's like uh, Kenya, um, Lagos, um, Ken- uh, Nigeria. So that's what we mostly hear about. So, how would you assess the local entrepreneurial, the startup ecosystem in Zimbabwe, comparing with? other startup hubs in Africa, um, like what are the resources available locally? Uh, where, where do you think there could be more to support uh, local entrepreneurs to get things started? Well, um, I'll actually, you know, the, the human resources is there, the, ta- the talent is there, um, the innovators are there. But um, I think it really goes back to the, the big decision makers, um, especially in the government, because um, all of the, the countries you mentioned, the they, they governments are willing and they're in support, you know, of, of those startups and innovations, and they see the um, capital there. They expose, you know, um, uh, the entrepreneurs that do start um, um, things. Um, when it comes um, to our ecosystem, it's more of how passionate you are and most of the things it, you'll be pushing by yourself uh, and um, there's minimum extra help, you know, from, from, from the people with the resources. And um, it, we have hubs, but it, it, it's really that... You know what happens here in Zimbabwe is not beyond our borders. I don't know, you know where um, you know, things die and to not get um, international exposure. But um, I would think that I think if 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 if, if our uh, uh, government body that's um, responsible, you know, for young people and um, entrepreneurship in the country. Uh, we take it seriously, like how the other nations have. I am sure we will go beyond the map because I am seeing that we have a lot of local Zimbabweans that then uh, uh, get a lot of um, exposure when they go out of the country. Let's say they're not for journey in the UK or they're not for journey in, in America or in, or in Japan or in China. Um, they make innovations there and they're quickly recognized and they're supported. And... Um, and, and then, you know, well, credit never then comes back to, to, to the local country because there was less contribution. So I'm sure that the um, uh, contribution is less, you know, from, from, from major decision makers. Um, but we, we have now adapted to, 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 to say, you know what, um, we shouldn't, um, if, they're, if, if they're not, if the ecosystem is not conducive enough, that shouldn't stop us. Um, it's just another way of finding different avenues and channels to, to, to get what we have out there. Cool. Um, Joanne, I know you like to talk about like youth and how government uh, support entrepreneurship. Um, do you have any questions or do, would you like to jump in and try a discussion? Um, I would 
was just listening to what um, you were saying about not being as advanced as as the other countries. I'm just curious about what do you think actually has to happen for, I mean, outside of the obvious, because I know Zimbabwe has its own unique issues that could help to build a, um, a sustainable entrepreneurial ecosystem in that country, in your country. Particularly for young think, people. Well, I think if if they could be maybe uh, an internationally recognized um, hub um, that um, has a system that exposes things that um, that are happening, you know, with, with young people here. If there's projects that we're doing and that they can they can. You know, what we really um, are looking into is having maybe a, a, an internationally recognized hub or okay. a hub that can oversee what's happening in Zimbabwe and mm -hmm. can uh, support viable projects that have, you know, a, a, a good um, return on investment in whatever in, you know, industry is, is done because um, we have some competitions locally, uh, mm -hmm. and um, young people innovate and make different things with it, apps or whether they have actually created a physical thing. Um, they only end up in, in winning a prize, but then that way, that way it ends off. No one takes mm. them through now um, making, making, let's say, for example, patenting that trademarking it and then finding potential investors for that thing to grow. So yeah, just get applause of oh yeah, you've done this and that and that and that. But it's you know, there's no one that would take over from that stage to monetizing whatever has been done, I know, by 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 by, by us here as young people. As I said previously, this is when you now push yourself to be getting connected with different people from around the world social media or using um, different online platforms like LinkedIn and just showing what you have and then if you're lucky enough to find someone, then they take it up from there. But there is no direct link of, 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 of a hub or an entity that wants you to, 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 to really investors who would want to be getting into your project. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Okay. Otherwise, no, I think I think I, I agree with what Heather said earlier and that your approach is different to the other platforms that we've in, we've engaged with throughout this series in that you're trying to you're trying to go globally and you're servicing international markets, whereas all the others were more focused on local um, African local markets in their city. And um, I think um, I think Tab's platform was is 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 out of his city as well it's a bit more broad but um that's different that's interesting that's bold i think we don't hear about too many um platforms coming up e-commerce platforms coming out of the um i guess coming out of the continent are there others do you have a lot of competition are there a lot of people doing exactly what you're doing um they very very Okay, there's, there's none actually. Um, ah, I don't have any okay. competition at the moment. Um, the ones that are doing it, they serve 
to the local um, the local market, you know, within Zimbabwe and stuff. So, right. yeah, no one is look, really looking at, you know, the global you know, landscape. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no, so there's at least no direct, no direct competition, but you may have obviously indirect competition, but not direct. There's no one doing exactly what you're doing. That's great. Yeah, Heather, what were you going to say? Oh, yeah, I was just about to say, yeah, that's definitely like a, a very huge, bold um, division. But then mm. um, have you looked into the like international platforms, for example, uh, like um, like if Amazon has operations in Africa, like do they would they be able to just uh, feature products from Africa and then ship it to global consumers? Could that be like a potential threat or do you see those big corporations as like a potential partner that you guys can work in the future to put more African products on the map of like to global global consumers? Yeah, um, you know what, I see, um, you know, in terms of e-commerce, it's a very, very big part. Because in, in, in 2018, um, you know, um, it generated globally about 2.3 trillion, you know, and um, just having maybe 0.001% of that, that, that's a lot of money. And um, we were seeing that in Africa, out of that 2.3 trillion, we only generated about, what, 16 billion? So um, even if the huge players are, are coming locally, I'm sure they would would want locals who understand, you know, um, what kind of things um, that are sold and how to reach out to those merchants. And I'm sure um, whichever way it goes, whether it's partnership or um, yeah, maybe getting even some shareholding, that wouldn't even hurt because. Um, that the, the the main agenda we have is to really expose African uh, products out there and things that maybe people out there didn't even know, you know, can be made or exist. Um, different fabric that's there that can be made even into gift bags, you know, things like that. So it's it, it's more on you know possible collaboration for for what we have to be exposed out there. Mm. Okay, cool. So yeah, I I went on your website because like obviously like I really love uh, anything um, products with African elements to it. Uh, the African print. I bought so much like clothing and accessories from um, my friends who are selling in China who are African business. Uh, I was saying that I went on your website briefly and I've checked out like a lot of really, really cool, interesting African pattern, uh, like unique um, antiques and different things. It's really, really cool. And as someone who really loves um, African element uh, products with African elements myself, uh, I found myself always like trying to buy products made by my African friends in China, accessories, clothing. I love everything. Um, how do you feel like a global consumer, global consumers uh, will respond to uh, to what you're selling with the African 
uh, elements. And what would、mm. you like to? What would you guys like to feature in your products to show people a more diverse Africa, something that they might have not expected or have seen before? How?、Uh, like, I think it could be a really good branding opportunity for African culture. Uh, for sure.、Um, so, do you have any criteria or what you're looking for in featuring the products on your website? We, since we're getting into、uh, a new market, Tanzania,、uh, we're 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 really looking into different merchants who have different products that they have and that they can sell, and so that we really、uh, broaden the products that can be sold on the platform and expose. Um, different things that people might have not known um, that um, that are available, you know, locally here. So we are looking into that strategy because you know, as much as we're in the same continent, you know, when we get time to visit different African countries, we see different new things that we never thought were there. So、um, the beauty of it is that the locals that we work with are the ones that actually.、Um, Help us to actually know different diverse things that can be offered.、Mm. Um. Okay. Cool. So when you guys、uh, just started out, um, like what kind of founding were you? Be able to use where you most say this is your own founding,、uh, your own saving salaries, or were you able to raise some pounds, or even internationally? Since you you mentioned the international support earlier. Uh, well, we we were actually using you know、um, our our own um um you know. And then, and then on the on the support that we were, we, we, where I mentioned, it was it was not financial support. It was mind of just um someone wanting to just um help us, you know, expose our platform, you know, to 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 their country, etc. So it has been really um、uh, money that we were um, um using from our own pocket. Yeah, how do you feel like、um, the like raising funds for entrepreneurs?、Um, like, what do you think would be helpful for for you guys to、um, raise more money? I guess, or finding some local investors. Do you see there's potential on that? On that, because、um, we have um, actually um, joined the Platinum Code Fundable, and we have、um, you know、um, created our pitch deck, our financials, and our projections. So、um, having you know, we 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 are on that stage now to actually now、um, involve not an investor in、um, you know wants to grow and to actually expand more. Any follow-up questions, Joanne? 
Um, yeah, I'm just curious generally about what it what is it like to get funding in Zimbabwe? Is there an angel investor network? Are there a lot of, I mean, are venture capitalists there? Would you mind explaining, giving us an idea of what it's like there? And are, is it local investment or do people invest from the outside or neighboring countries? Well, most of the time it's investment from out of the country because it, we, they, they, we, to even navigate or find investors locally, and it's pretty, it's, it's pretty hard to find, and 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 it's not something that's popular to be having. Well, maybe because we haven't come across it, but many of the young people, um, mm. if we look at prominent maybe businessmen who could be potential investors. They just go there and then just, oh yeah, it's a good project. I hope you find funding. So um, it's more like <laughs> we've we, heard that before. We, we, yeah, you know, we, we look into you know, you know, um, people from outside our country most of the time. So the structure here in terms of that, well, it's pretty much non-existent. I guess um, I think a lot of young people consider what I'm saying. Yeah, I think Heather and I can both agree that that's that's been a current theme hasn't it heather like in 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 this series yeah. about funding yeah definitely outside seems to be where everybody's looking for funding yeah i think there should that there definitely needs to be like a, a shift in mindset uh to um, motivate more uh, locals to invest in like local founders and startups especially technology i think we just mm. have to educate people more and present opportunity. Yeah. And develop the culture from, I guess, from the ground up, you know? What do you think needs to happen, Nayasha? Do you have any suggestions on how that could be changed? Because obviously there are a lot of guys like you who um, have ideas and, and solutions for problems, but perhaps um, you're a bit more, um, persistent so you didn't give up but we don't know how many other guys or, or girls women had ideas as well but have given up because maybe they just feel like it's too much of a big challenge or too many hurdles so what do you think need, how, how can that be changed is it just a matter of changing mindsets is it why why won't local people who have the funds invest in local young entrepreneurs with big ideas Well, I think because maybe they got funding from outside as well when they started their own thing. So, okay, why not you do the same thing we did? Um, so, there is a few individuals um, mm -hmm. who would who be able, but they're kind of limited in, you know, um, in resources in terms of you know, having a big um, a project where they can fund um, a, a large number of entrepreneurs and mm, I'll mm. think if it's something that would come from the Ministry of Industry and Commerce or the Ministry of Finance to say that mm. this is something that um, local indigenous people could look into um, to, 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 you know, to, to, to grow small business in the country so if it's an idea, well if it comes from us as young people up well, it it it, 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 it would just it would just die in the surface. But if it's something that's coming from the top down, 
I think um, that's when people can actually take um, serious um, thought about it or actually now have a structure on it. If it, if it, if it even if it's even included in, in, in you know, um, you know the budget, you know, even within the country, you know, they 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 are allocation. You know, to say, oh yeah, we're going to be supporting young people in this and that and that. But to access that, that's a very, very, very um, uh, huge hurdle. And, and mm. it's more like there's, there's no there's no immediate trust in saying, oh, uh, would this work or would that work? So it's, they, they, there's skepticism at first as well that, okay, this thing, will it work? Will it not? And then, mm. if 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 our decision makers also don't get to know what's happening in the global trend, and they just focus on what's happening locally in the country, they'll never think that thing would actually maybe be of benefit even changing the economy. So, the mindset is still the biggest issue, I guess. With mm. yeah, it sounds like there isn't a lot of faith in 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 the in the local system it sounds like people maybe don't believe in paying it forward they don't believe in i don't know they don't believe in there's there isn't this spirit of promoting um i guess homegrown entrepreneurs but it has to start somewhere right so yeah let's hope it changes yeah with, with more success stories, with more companies like yours, as you grow, as you develop, as you obtain some success, it'll perhaps change that perspective and people will start to believe more. You definitely need some success stories. Yeah, definitely. That, that would be the, the, major, the major encouragement and motivating factor. Um, For sure. Find, yeah, to find individuals um, that have um, actually made it out there. Yeah. Well, I think um, I think for me that's it. Do you have more questions, Heather? Uh, yeah, I think that's all my questions as well. Thank you guys so much. Until um, next time. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>